Welcome back to Fig and Farm at Home, where we design happy living. I am so glad you're here. If you are new here, if today's your first time tuning in, hey, welcome. I'm Danny. I'm the owner of Fig and Farm at Home. I'm also the administrator behind our Facebook community, Design 101. You can find it there on Facebook. And we have a lot of fun happening in the next couple weeks, and it all starts today. But before I introduce what's happening today, I want to skip forward to tell you what's happening next week. If you have been around for a while, you might know that next week marks the first birthday or anniversary, whichever one we want to call it, to the podcast, June 15th. And if you've been around me for a while too, you know that I view life in one of two ways. It is either fun or not fun. So we're making the celebration fun. We are doing it all week long. And here's what you need to know. There are giveaways daily. There are podcasts daily. There are special guests, hint, hint. And we are even having some really deep discounted offers. So if you have been thinking you want to work with me, if you've been here for a while and been wondering if you want to work with me, you are definitely going to want two things. One, to make sure that you are on my newsletter list. And if you are not, I want you to pause right now and I want you to go send me an email, home at gmail.com and ask to be on the newsletter list. Or you can hop on over and grab my freebie, my five home secrets to elevating the look of your home within the weekend. And that is a freebie. That gives you five things you can do this weekend. And if you download that, you will automatically be added to my newsletter. So you can find that there at bit.ly forward slash five, the number five home secrets. Either one of those will get you on the newsletter list. And here's the thing. Being on my newsletter list is the first point of entry for the first giveaway. So you don't really have to do a whole lot. (laughs) And as I was planning next week's celebration, I was thinking, how can we make this more fun? How can we make it more interactive? How can we make it more playful? How can we make it a little bit more Danny? If you have ever been to one of my kids' birthday parties, you know I like to throw a party. I will do scavenger hunts, I will do thematic food, I will do all the decorations, even hanging floating candles for a Harry Potter birthday party. Yes, I am that mom and I am so happy to do it because it is fun. But how do you do it virtually? That is what I have been scratching my head about and I think I have an answer. So the fun starts Friday. You will receive your first email and you will receive the instructions for next week. Next week, if you're on the newsletter list, you are going to get an email daily. That email is going to tell you what the giveaway is. It is going to tell you what you need to do in order to enter the giveaway. And then you're going to see the daily offer. The daily offer is something that is already in my product suite, in my design school, in a service I offer. It is something that has been around for a while, but not at these prices. So if you've been wondering, hmm, I've been kind of thinking about reaching out to do a coaching call. Hmm. I've been kind of thinking about reaching out to hire Danny to do some mood boards. Hmm. I've been kind of, you will definitely want to make sure you are opening these emails. The deals don't last all day. In fact, they're going to only be available from the minute you get it until midnight. So that is it. It is time sensitive. And once they are gone, they are gone. The other thing too, is that each day is going to build upon itself. So The first day we're going to have a giveaway and it's a small giveaway. How you enter that giveaway is not a whole lot. The next day, it's a bigger giveaway and you need to do one more thing in order to enter for a chance to win the prize. The third day, you get it, it is growing. The prize is bigger and the point of entry is also bigger. Something you need to do. It's my version of a virtual scavenger hunt, a virtual bingo board, a virtual game. In that daily email next week, you will also see the daily offer. And those offers are just like the giveaways in that they start small and they get bigger and bigger and bigger until Friday. There is a brand new product going to be launching in my design suite. And let's not forget about the podcast because next week we're doing something daily as well. You're going to hear different voices than mine and I'm super excited to introduce you to who I have in line that are going to be sharing their mini words of wisdom with us. But back to today's show, I mentioned that we have a couple weeks of fun in store for our podcast and that fun all starts today. Today, you're in for a real treat because I am speaking with Jessica Velasquez, the owner of Interiors by Jessica. She is based out of Calgary, Canada, and she specializes in helping first-time homebuyers 
overcome this obstacle that sometimes we put in our own way called, I don't have enough money in order to create a home that they love. She believes that homeowners, especially first-time homeowners, are capable of having the home that they love and they oftentimes get in their own way. They get in their own way when they think things like, this is just temporary, this is not my forever home, I don't have enough money, I don't even know where to start. Sounds similar, doesn't it? Jessica and I talk a lot about serving our own unique audiences, but the obstacle pretty much remains the same. This obstacle of, I don't have enough money to make the changes that we want. Her specialty is teaching these first-time homebuyers how they can truly reach their home dreams because they are valid. Their dreams of having a home they love are just as valid as the person who seems to be in their forever home and doing the big remodel. She wants to bridge that gap and make home design accessible for those who just don't think that they can do it, just don't think they can afford it. And so we are having a candid conversation and you get to be the fly on the wall and I am so glad you are. I will make sure that you have links in the show notes for how you can connect with Jessica afterwards because I think you might. You might be inspired with what she brings to the table and what she has to offer and mostly I hope and Jessica hopes too that this conversation inspires you to move forward, to move forward into finally understanding that you deserve to have a home that you love. You deserve to have a home that you love coming home to. You deserve to have a home that serves you in a way that is meaningful and that it's not necessarily a superficial thing to have a home that you enjoy looking at. I hope you enjoy today's conversation with Jessica. We grew up with the phrase, home is where the heart is, but our culture has shifted and now the message is, home should be Pinterest perfect. I'm calling BS on that message home. It's not about the stuff. It's about the story. And whether you know it or not, your home is a reflection of you and is already saying something. So what is it that you want it to say? Hey, I'm Danny, a former first grade teacher turned home decorator. Going from a dual income to a single income so I could stay home with my babies meant budget, like ramen eating, goodwill shopping budget. And I learned a few things along the way, like how to bring big style to your home without breaking the bank. And I'm sharing it all with you. Tips, tricks, decor, and design advice so you can learn to tell your story with your style. Where you can start living free from the Pinterest perfect trap and start living a life of intention. Welcome to Fig and Farm at Home, where we design happy living and where it doesn't have to be perfect to be beautiful. All right. Hi, Jessica. Thanks so much for coming on to the show today. Thank you, Danielle. Thank you so much for having me. You're welcome. Well, I when I got your email in my inbox, I listened to a few podcasts you were on and I was so stoked <laughs> to have the opportunity to talk to you because every time I heard what you were saying, I just kept thinking we are in such alignment with the mission of the people we're serving and the message we're trying to get across. So, um so yay, I'm glad you're here. Yeah, and thanks for saying that. I, I keep telling myself and people I talk to that when a principle is correct, it's going to resonate across the board, not just for design or meal planning or finances or, or self-care. It's like some principles are just true wherever we apply them. So thanks for saying that. Yeah, you're welcome. So why don't you start by introducing yourself and um, telling us a little bit about your story and how you got into interior design? Yes. Um, So first of all, I'm from Panama. It's a little country in Central America. And I was always that girl who was redecorating her room and rearranging her closet. So I guess that was my call. (laughs) And when I was 19, I moved to Canada and studied interior design. Um, It took a long time. I got graduated, started doing interior design, did it for a couple of years in Canada. Then my young family, my husband and baby, we moved back to Panama. And there um, I was very disappointed with the work and just having to deal with trades. I, it wasn't, I think I was also too young to go on my own and I thought I could do it all. Okay. So I was disappointed, left it aside and motivated by my dad, studied or did into, uh, real estate. And I did that for a few years. 
I think it gave me a really good perspective of what happens before we buy a home. And once back in Canada, then motivated by my husband, um, I started going doing interior design again. And I said, I say motivated by him because after years of being out of the field, out of not doing interior design, I had imposter syndrome. And I oh, thought, okay. I thought, you know, no, I, I've been away for too long. I don't have a message. I, I'm irrelevant. And I can say now that with confidence, but you know, years ago, I would have never even admitted it. Right. <laughs> but I think the combination of the real estate and interior design has given me a really good perspective of what happens before we open, before we take possession of our home. Uh-huh. And then once that door is closed, what happens after? Right. That merge of experience uh, created in me, uh, let's call it a call, a mission to talk to first time homeowners. And although I do serve anybody, anybody, uh, even if it's a commercial project, but I feel drawn to first time homeowners. I think uh, we've all been there, most of us. Um, and I understand what it feels like to owning a home and having those dreams, same dreams of someone who has have bought a bigger home, upgrading, downgrading, you know, all of those. But the first time homeowners are neglected and they, they have the same dreams. They don't have the budget. Most don't. And they, they put those dreams aside for sometimes a long, long time. Mm-hmm. And they live in a home that literally, because I'm using the words of clients, a house that does not inspire them, mm-hmm. a home that looks just like blah, like yeah. neutral, you know, nothing on the walls. There's a lot of misconceptions and myths about all, you know, decorating our homes that gets in their mind and becomes their their mindset. Oh, I can't do this. I can't do that. So I've made it my mission to encourage people to motivate them. Yes, you can. Yes, you, you have to be intentional. Right. And you have to stop dreaming and start acting, but we can. So that that is, in a nutshell, what I'm all about nowadays. Oh, I love it. And I'm going to circle back to a couple of things that you said. And one was that this, the idea of imposter syndrome, we're going to start there for a second, because sure. um, I'm not a trained designer um, like you are. I learned on my own. And as people started seeing what I could do, that's how I got my start. Um, but you know, imagine that like saying, taking up real estate here in this idea of like, no, I think I know what I'm talking about. Let me help you. Oh, yes. Yeah. It is real. It is. It is in whatever field. Yeah. In whatever field it is. Yeah. Yeah. If I can add one more thing to that, I, I like applying the principle in our homes as well. Sometimes we feel that we cannot do uh, we cannot choose furniture. We cannot choose wallpaper. You, it's amazing the amount of time our clients tell me, I'm not good at decorating. Yes. I'm not good at this. So I call that a sort of imposter syndrome. Right. We believe that we cannot do something. And a lot of these women, most of them are women, will say, I'm really good choosing my wardrobe and my clothes, but I'm not good at choosing colors for my home. And I know they just need a few, you know, targets and points of departure, like I call right. them. So, so that imposter syndrome translates to the home as well. Yes, for sure. And I do think also, you know, especially now that we're in this day and age where we have so many visual fields to inspire us, which is yes. wonderful, like Pinterest and Instagram, and even the shows like on HGTV. Yes. And, you know, you talk about um, finding that client niche that is the first time home buyer. And mine is very similar. It's not a home buyer. It can even be a renter, but it's the idea of this is what I'm looking at all these visual images and I can't get there. So yes. how do we get there? And a lot of times it is these blockades like money or time, or my husband and I don't know how to measure our style. I don't know how to do it. Yeah. It's those that keep them stuck. Oh, yes. And that's gonna... the right word to use stuck. Yes. Yes. And so, yeah, girl, we are on a mission to help them get unstuck. <laughs> I love it. I love it. But before, before we talk about that, um, 
what would you say to this idea of like why home even matters? Why we should even invest in our home, not just monetarily, but you know, with time, it takes a lot of time to invest in our home. What would you say to maybe someone who's a little skeptical in the first place? Oh boy. Um, I read this quote from Winston Churchill. It says, um, we shape our dwellings and afterwards our dwellings shape us. And I think, I think people are skeptical because decoration, interior design sounds very superfluous. You know, we're talking about colors. And although interior design is not just about the finishes, but let's just go to decorating. Um, You know, talking about choosing floors and colors and drapes and pillows. You know, it does sound very artificial, especially when you compare it to discussions like mindset and finances and emotional health. Yes, anybody was going to say, you know, what matters most? And, you know, if, if you just look at it from from the outside, anybody would say, of course, emotional health and finances and all this matter more than choosing colors and pillows. Absolutely. The thing is that those, that emotional health is also tied to our physical spaces. And even our productivity, if we talk about finances, our productivity is tied to how organized um, our our spaces can be. Are we productive enough to even start working? Yeah. Um, Our health, our physical health, um, not just emotional, but if someone is, you know, um, has some kind of disabilities, it's the physical space that is going to help them thrive or be frustrated. I would say to a skeptic, I would say, uh, are you more comfortable working on a particular chair than not? Are you, do you feel more inclined to start working when your desk is free of clutter or maybe not? So those answers will probably be, yes, I am. I am more productive when my place is clean or my desk is free or when I have a comfortable chair or when my whole room is inspires me and and that all goes back to then Mm -hmm. the colors and the materials and what we hang in our walls um when i talk about these things i want to make clear that none of it none of it is tied to a price tag or to style Mm -hmm. it goes deeply to what we what inspires us and what brings us joy and that could be as simple as family photos uh-huh. to a very complex, original, large oil painting. Right. There's no, um, there's not a one single answer for everyone. It's, it's, so that's why I think um, this all is rooted in self-awareness. And yeah. A deep sense and search for, okay, what is wrong with my home, with my space, and what would make it support me better? Right. So that's right. what I would say to a skeptic. Yeah. I, I do believe that our emotions, our emotional health is they're strictly connected with our environment. Right. Right. Yeah. And, you know, one thing I say to my listeners, a, a couple things is, you know, I mean, we've been front row and center these last two years for what this world looks like outside of our doors. And it can be a scary place. It can be a frustrating place. It can be a place that beats us down rather than builds us up. Mm-hmm. And so when you come home, gosh, I would hope that you would want it to be a place that just recharges you and refuels you and makes you in- inspired to do better for the world outside of those doors. And especially when you have those kiddos who are living in that home environment with you. Yeah. I mean, they're watching everything, right? Mm-hmm. But I also tell... Yeah. But I also tell um, my clients too, that, you know, we are as home and homeowners or home dwellers, not even a homeowner, but we, this is our canvas and we are the authors and already our homes are saying something. So if we can be intentional about what we want it to say, mm-hmm. that's beauty. And, and just like you mentioned, it can be a photo, a framed photo, or it can be, you know, something magnificent on your travels. Yeah. Yeah. And it doesn't have to cost a lot. That's the thing that I feel like I'm on auto repeat saying it doesn't have to cost a lot. Now our approach was we go out and we're going to buy the spring collection of whatever your decor, you know, 
uh, store place is, whatever that choice is, if our intention is to go out and buy that spring collection, yeah, it would cost a lot. It would be unattainable, Mm -hmm. completely unattainable. And it's the trick of teaching them and not convincing them, but teaching them that there are other ways to go about Absolutely. that. Absolutely. You're speaking my language. The thing with our homes, like everything you said, I, I want people to open that door and feel that their home is hugging them yes. and saying, welcome home. Yes. And a lot a lot of people, they, they dread, dread coming home. They're like, oh. You know, and I have to do this. I open the door and there's shoes and bags everywhere right. and nothing inspires them. And it's, it just feels like a chore. And I know for a fact that when we make one small change, maybe, maybe call it that entrance wall, you then realize, you know, I really love this. And it, it, it just changes something inside us that makes yeah. us feel like I'm going to do one more wall. And when you least know it, You've done the whole room right. and then you start feeling, okay, yeah, I believe in this, this, this home can really welcome me. And if it speaks to your soul, if it's, if it inspires you, yes, it can be messy because let's face it, our homes, even if they're designed and decorated by, you know, the most uh, coveted designer, they're going to get disorganized and messy and you, they need to be clean. Yeah. Expensive furniture does not... Um, prevent us, right? <laughs> so, but so it, when a home inspires you, it will do so despite the mess that can be created by yourself or kiddos. You know, right. they it, because it still it, it still has the colors on the walls, the what you put up. It still has that pretty candle, the pretty pillow that you bought, and it will recharge us. So it, it's not superfluous at all. But it's hard to send this message across yes. especially when there's so many misconceptions if yes. you think about it i'll just say this this last about this but the stores supermarkets they pay a lot of money for designers to come and create the right layout that will bring customers in and out and purchase and look at things restaurants nightclubs, hotels, they spend money in the lighting and the decoration because they want people to stay. They want people to buy. That's the science behind design. So if it's happening in those realms and in the commercial space, that needs to tell us something. That's exactly what needs to happen in our homes, in our micro spaces, where we are very much aware of the layout and what message we're sending across by simply arranging the furniture a different way or the colors that we're choosing. Are they making me feel like, oh, I wanna go in my room and just relax. The organization strategies that we put into place, all these things need to happen for us to have a home that hugs us and is our friend and supports us. Right, right, exactly. And that can be as simple as removing a lot of the excess, right? I mean, I know one of the reasons I you know, going back to why I might have become um, an interior decorator, like it started with childhood and my environment was cluttered and chaotic. Yeah. And I retreated a lot into my room. And as a mom who has three boys who are in all the things and animals and all this stuff, I began really understanding that there is a visceral reaction to my physical space. When I'm standing in my dining room and I can see the library and the kitchen and the living room and I can see all those places and there's stuff everywhere. It makes me feel something and being aware of that feeling, whatever that is, um, is a really powerful thing. It's it's really powerful. I like the word you use being aware Mm -hmm. and it, it takes a lot of, um, mindful, um, or mindset work. Yeah. To understand what you just said. Okay. Yeah. This is making me feel something or not. Yeah. Yeah. It's a negative or it's a positive. It's a frustration or it's a relief. So what is it making me feel? And then going to a space of, okay, what, what is making me feel that and how can I correct it or, or increase it if it's a positive one. Right. Right. And I, I just tell people, 
over and over it. Keep asking yourself why kind of like that incessant toddler. Yes. <laughs> hey, why, why? But really sitting with it and asking yourself, why does my home make me feel like this is very dramatic, but I want to drown. Like I'm drowning in my stuff. Why is that? Well, maybe because I grew up with too much stuff in my space. Well, why? And keeping asking that why is really powerful. I love that. Um, I also think that most people, and if you probably agree with this, they want to go to the sexy part of of decorating a home, which is purchasing. Yeah. Everybody wants to go there. What should I buy? What color should I paint my walls? Yeah. But the, the, the most intense work, which is not the sexy one, is what you just mentioned, that self-awareness. Right. But if you think about it, when you, when you meet with your clients, that's where you first go to. That's where you first ask them, okay, you know, what, what is, what's this whole making you feel and why, and what are the dynamics of your family and how do they use this room? And do you have guests or not? Do you have a book club or do you, are you, you know, a person that likes their private space? Because all those answers are going to direct your decisions or suggestions for them. So I always tell um, my clients, if this is the type of work that we do as decorators and designers with paid clients, that's exactly what we as homeowners should be doing for ourselves and with ourselves. Right. But but it again, it's nobody, everybody wants to skip that step. Yeah. <laughs> because it takes time. It, it, it's, yeah. it's a lot of uh, self-awareness yeah. for sure. Okay, so you mentioned a lot of things, a lot of things about mindset that Mm -hmm. I think are critical. And one of the things that when I would mention to people, oh, this is what I do, this is what I do, I would oftentimes get a similar response. One is, oh, that's really fun, coupled with, this is not for me for a reason. And usually those are limiting beliefs that hold them back. And I am just curious. I have about 10 that are on auto repeat (laughs) for these people I talk with. And I'm just curious what you run into. What are some of the things we know finances for sure, but what are some of the things that hold people back? Do you think from really investing in their home financially? Yeah. I I think you mentioned finances. I call it the, the belief that beautiful homes are expensive. Yeah. So therefore, I can't afford it. And that is very much a myth and a limiting beliefs, belief. Another one is I have children. So I can't have the type yes. of home I want because I'll wait until my kids are out of the home. <laughs> that, that one I hear and that one is the most sad to me. Mm-hmm. We're going to come back to that one in a second. Let's, okay. let's do what, that. What else do you hear? Another one is this is not my forever home. Mm-hmm. So it, it really doesn't matter. I'm going to I'm going to sell this home in five years or two. So it really doesn't matter. Yeah, it, it goes very much along with this is not my home, not just not my forever home, but not my home. I'm renting. Yeah. And, and I tell them, well, that could be very true. So you just have to be smart about what you bring in. But even if you're staying there a year, that's 365 days you wake up in that room right that's you know 50 plus weekends Sundays, fridays that you're you know inviting friends over so the next belief that i found is when people tell me i'm not good at decorating yes therefore you know i I just won't do anything and you know and people i find that people will believe they're not good at decorating but they'll still try yeah but without certain guidance like i mentioned at the beginning you know I call it departure points and target design targets. So for those who don't know where to start, I think I find this really good. It's kind of a roadmap that tells me where to start and and where to go. But for those who think I'm not good at decorating, then I would say just be intentional and plan accordingly. Another one that I hear a lot is not a lot, but I have heard it is it's just me there. This is just my crash pad. Um, so it really, it really doesn't matter. It's just, I'm not, I don't bring anyone home. I, I don't invite people over. So it just, it won't matter. And, and that's, that's a sad way of looking at things, but I, I feel those are the most common ones. It's just, is that, is those beliefs that prevent us from taking action. And, and I know that they're not facts or actual circumstances. It's just things that we've come to believe for ourselves and and that can be changed. 
Yeah, absolutely. One of the ones that popped up, I've heard all of the ones that you've mentioned, but one of the ones that pops up is um, my husband and I don't have the same style. So it's just not even worth trying. Oh, have you, have you heard that? <laughs> yes. And, and I've actually had um, clients that I work with, they, you know, the wife would come with a budget in mind and yeah. we work all the design strategies, how I call them. And then she will show it to the husband and the husband had something completely different. And I see husbands that are very much involved in the process and other ones that are like, you choose whatever you want and anything in between. Right. But yes, that, that is something that needs to be addressed with a lot of uh, communication and compromises. But I think it starts with good communication from the beginning. If, if they're both able to express their vision, what's bothering them in their space, <laughs> Right. what they want to be, see change. And they're both able to communicate that things start so much better because then I'm able, we're able to guide them and make, make those decisions. Even with the, the finances, if someone has, one of them has an idea of spending X amount of dollars on the big TV and the wife wants it on the couch, there <laughs> are ways of compromising, but it starts with a good communication from the very beginning and not assuming that that I understood what my husband wanted or vice versa. Oh, I, I, I know exactly what he wants. It's just, it, it's amazing how we are shaped by our upbringing. And a lot of the things that we tend to believe as normal, as you know, you know, this, this is the norm, this is just what should be, comes from how we grew up. Yeah. And, and sometimes it's from either a negative experience that you've manage to change or a positive experience that you want to replicate but our bringing will determine a lot of things that we take for granted and here comes somebody else who brings a completely different one somehow you need to merge the two and create your own and that goes back to mindset too because you know our upbringing i mean that's 18 years ish or so that we're living in that whatever we believe whatever it is right not just decorating but religion, politics, whatever. Yes. And that's kind of ingrained, right? So very it, much so. it comes back to that awareness piece. Very much and so. I'll tell you a quick, short story to illustrate that for your listeners. So I grew up in Panama. My dad, we had an alarm system in the home and my dad would go every night checking all the doors, all the windows. The alarm would not um, turn on if a window was not closed properly if the alarm um, sensors were not touching. Yeah. So this was his routine every year <laughs> growing up. I get married. My husband grew up here in Calgary, in Canada. Doors were open all the time. He's <laughs> like, why are you even locking the doors? So here we get married. And I have this expectation that this is what my dad did. Right. This is the norm. My husband should be checking the windows all the time and the doors before we go to sleep. Meanwhile, he never grew up with that. So yeah. for me to assume and even label him like, oh, you don't even care about our security, our safety, right. Right. it would be completely wrong for me because I am taking for granted something that I grew up with and right. not him. So definitely, the, I mean, we could talk about, you know, these for a long time but now transfer that into you know decoration right? right you know maybe the husband grew up in a home where where the mother that his mother took care of all the colors and everything around the home and she grew up in a home where dad was very much you know a diyer he did everything so for her to assume oh my husband doesn't care because he doesn't even get involved and for him to say, wow, she doesn't even care about our home. She, they're each waiting for the, for each other to right. do something based on their upbringing. So definitely this merging of ideas and upbringing has a lot to do in our homes as well. Not, yes. not just in the way we manage the home. Absolutely. Absolutely. 100%. Um, okay, let's go back to this idea that, gosh, I have kids, so mm -hmm. I can't... I, probably should just not even think about decorating because we all know kids are messy or kids don't take care of stuff or what, whatever, whatever that fill in the blank. What would you, what would you say to that person who says, I'm just not going to 
I don't know, I don't want to do it yet, or it doesn't matter yet because of the kids. What would you say in any helpful tips to guide them past that? I think I would go to three things. I first would go to the space of um, the self-awareness, then the habits that we're creating in the kids, and then the solutions. So in order, the self-awareness would be more like, you know, so are the spaces that you share as a family supporting that home life that you have envisioned? Are the spaces that your kids use, are they supporting their their in their micro world are they providing that that environment that it's inspiring for them so i would go to that first just just think about the 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 commonality as a family and then as the kid or kids as the individual and then i would go okay once you've understood is this helping us or not then i would go okay now let's think about the habits that we are creating in our own kids. I mean, you're a perfect example. You grew up in an environment that you wanted to change and you are now creating the environment that you wish you had for your own children. So your children hopefully then will value that and will understand, okay, my mom did this for us and this helped us. So therefore I'm going to continue with this you know, tradition or, or mindset of keeping things organized or not cluttering so the the habits that we provide for our kids will carry on if they don't if, if they're the positive ones if they're negative ones then they will have to change it but just i will tell that that those parents think about what habits you're creating in your kids right what mindset and then let's go to solutions because i always say you know let's fix the problems first and then make it pretty we right. want to make things pretty first and hope that that prettiness fixes the problems. Yeah, it's, it's completely the opposite. Okay, now let's make it pretty. You've understood, you know, what's causing problems. You've understood the frustration in their micro world or the common spaces for the family. You understand what habits you want to create in them. Okay, how can we now bring it into reality? So some tips I would say uh, nowadays, the era that we live, there's so many high performance fabrics that that will help uh if like this this is the one i hear a lot i love white couch couches yes. <laughs> but i can't have them because i have little children yes. well if you did if you do like those white couches mind you high performance fabrics are expensive let's just face that but we got to put in the balance what matters most right now is it my budget or is it my want let's not call it a need might yeah. want to have that white couch and then it's just a simple math it's like my i have a coach who would used to say do the math not the drama so yeah. here we have something that i really want and here's my budget so let's do the math can i save towards it or should i buy something because my priority is sticking with my budget so it's it's a math so if your budget or your want to have it so bad that you're willing to save, then that's a solution, high performance fabrics. Now we have washable rugs yeah. and they are not very expensive. And I think they're awesome. I have clients that have purchased them because they have dogs or little children and they are in love. Actually, I told my husband, that's my next purchase for our yeah. entrance. I need a washable rug. That is a very easy solution that is not expensive. And they're coming up with different colors and different patterns that I think will appeal to anyone. And then I would say, make sure you buy double duty furniture because I think that the, the issue with having kids and keeping a home that looks beautiful to us is not just the white couch, right. it's the toys, it's the bags, the clothes that you know, I'm sorry for all of you young moms listening. It doesn't change when kids become teenagers. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't change. It just it keeps going on. Um, so and they get bigger at whatever. Just get bigger, yes. <laughs> now, instead of stepping on Legos, you're stepping on computer charges, <laughs> chargers. So um, we need to provide solutions for that yelling at them, getting mad, getting frustrated, telling them you're not allowed to play in the living room or you can't come to this area. 
those are not the best solutions. <laughs> Let's right. just say it that way. I believe in a home that it's it's livable. Yes. Not just lovable, but livable in a yeah. home where you you feel that you know what I can sit here. My kids can be here, and yeah. not just like don't come here. Your area right. somewhere else. Right. Right. <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah live your home but provide solutions there are ottomans with storage where kids can just put things inside okay yeah. you can play here just make sure you put everything away uh, choose furniture that have for example open shelves and then have baskets for them to put all their things your entrance they're the pretty console tables are beautiful but if they're not serving you because your kids leave shoes at the entrance especially if you live in canada shoes stay and at the entrance yeah. and and even in other countries after COVID, people you know take their shoes off when they enter so now we're dealing with all these shoes okay let's provide adequate solutions instead of getting mad getting mad is not going to last right so exactly. provide you know baskets uh if, if you're not a person that likes keeping open shelves uh, because they look messy and disorganized. Don't choose open shelving cabinets, right. you know, just choose the ones with doors and don't worry about it. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I do think that these are very practical solutions for moms who feel like, oh, I have children. I can't have a beautiful home. We can. Right. right. We can. And I want to add one more thing to that because this is getting into the parenting realm, but having appropriate boundaries too. So if I have that white couch, which I did, um, when my teeny tinies were teeny tiny okay, and it stayed white, but I didn't let them snack on that couch. We snacked mm -hmm. at the table or we snacked at the kitchen counter or we snack, we had picnics, you know, we a, a, yeah. and it wasn't ever a frustration. A I'm mad at you for doing it. I just, Hey guys, we're going to eat our snack here. Beautiful. And, and boundaries are just the right way to go for everything, even for our own personal right. emotional health. It's right. not being selfish. Right. It's it's just being smart about you know what we let to happen in Into our spaces. Our faith and it influence us. Including yeah. us. Yeah, I agree. Exactly. Okay, so I have a couple more questions for you. So let's go back to this idea of all these visual inspiring places and how they inspire us. Um, Pinterest and Instagram and HGTV and all that. You know, I think there's a lot of Pinterest paralysis or like Instagram comparisonitis, you know, any of those things that kind of help keeping us stuck. And we talked a little bit about it a, a little bit um, ago, but I, I'm just curious if you would have any strategies for these moms who are just stuck scrolling and pinning on Pinterest or scrolling on Instagram or getting all the ideas, getting them, but staying stuck. Do you have yeah. any encouraging words for them? First of all, I like your terms, Pinterest paralysis <laughs> and Instagram. How do you call it? Co comparisonitis. Comparisonitis. I love them. Um, yes. I. You said something very insightful at the beginning. You said that now that we have Pinterest and Instagram, we see all the ideas and things that you know we can do that probably... If you didn't buy magazines before, you probably would not even consider. So that reminds me that all these social media platforms, search engines, all of these are like a double-edged sword. Yeah. They provide so many ideas that even designers go to. I don't think there's a designer that would say, oh, I don't look at what other people do. I think yeah. we all do. We all look at what other designers are doing. We look at magazines online because it opens our world of opportunities. And, right. you know, as designers and, you know, your regular homeowner, they would say, oh, I didn't think about that. Yeah. And, and it makes us um, come up with our own ideas and even validate the ones we have. So that's the good aspect of all these platforms. But yes, it can then, the, the other side of that sword is that comparisonitis that, oh, they did all this and it looks so beautiful. And now I wish I could do this. And it keeps us small because we're thinking, I can't do this. I don't have the money. Let's go back to the beliefs. Mm -hmm. I have children. This is not my home. Keeps us there. And I always tell my clients, you know, Pinterest will not create your home. 
That's why I tell my students to Pinterest will not create your home. Planning will. Yes. So what I tell them is just use these. Let's focus on Pinterest. Uh, use Pinterest or your saving of photos that you like to inspire you, but also to define what you like and you don't like. I call it pinning with a purpose. Yes. Where you actually go and you start pinning, looking for that. I'm going to say this word again, looking for that self-awareness. Okay. I love this photo, but why? Right. Why is it that you like it? Is it the amount of blue or is it that it has a lot of texture or is it that it's, is it the lamp? What, because you and I can look at the same photo and I bet we will look at the two different things that we love. People right. like, oh, I love it because of the cabinet. And I may say, I love it because of the rug. So I think everybody needs to pin with a purpose and identify what is it that I like about this photo? What is the mood, the feel that I'm getting from it and why? Yes. Once you start doing that, that work, then you are able to then identify what your style is. And now you're pinning with a purpose. Right. Now you're being proactive and being intentional because once you have those elements is what I call your unique design code. Once you have that code cracked, mm -hmm. you can go, okay, I'm going to implement it in my own home. Yes. And, and not only that, so here you're talking about all these things that you want to buy and, and want to do. So I, I tell my students, you got to answer yes. You need a yes for all these four questions. What you're buying or what you want to do, does it solve the obstacles you've identified in your home, which goes back to what we talked about? Does it fit your space? You know, it's just yeah. a very common one. <laughs> does it match your style, that de unique design code that I just talked about? And does it support your lifestyle? Yes. If you're able to answer yes to all of these four questions, go ahead. I would probably add... How about your budget? But right, right. but if you have an unlimited budget, then go to answer those four first and then go shopping. Then go ahead and and go to the store. But if but in the meantime, I think that we have to do a lot more planning than just pinning. Right. Pinning is good. Pinning will inspire you. But we have to, to pin with a purpose and, and make sure that we're not stuck. It's our beliefs that can get us stuck. Even if you feel I have children, I can't do anything, then why not pinning, you know, or looking for pins that talk about, you know, rooms with children. But it's, it's just, it's that purpose, it's that intention that right. I think will eventually get us to, to, to feeling confident about decisions. Right, exactly. And I loved so much about what you just said. I didn't want to interrupt, but I might forget a thing or two. But one of the things that you mentioned is very similar to how I approach with my clients. And that is, we've got some work to do. I want, I'm not looking for the style, but that is the word that they use. I'm looking for your aesthetic. And that is as unique to John as it is to Susie, as it is, like it is so personal. And it can be as little as I like canvas art or I like fringy textiles, mm -hmm. right? It is just so different for everyone. Yes. And the thing that I love about this is that, you know, before we even begin to think about purchasing, this will help you. Like when you go to browse Target, I don't know if you have Target in Calgary. Not anymore. You, yeah. <laughs> sad. It is sad. <laughs> <laughs> but if you, whatever your home store is that you love going to, that your clients love going to, and they purchase and return, purchase and return. Once you know your, what did you call it? Unique design code. Yes. Once you can break that code, it makes making those decisions so much easier and quicker and you save time and you save money, which. Yes. And frustration. Yes. Yeah. I, I always tell my students also that there's, there's a cycle of home ownership. You start by thinking, you know, oh, those any limiting beliefs that you want to put in. Let, let's say I'm not good at decorating and you're stuck in that space. You know, one or two years may pass and then you you have what I call the unfinished home syndrome. Your home looks like ugh, it's not inspiring. Like, I don't like it. What do I do? And then you then you make some choices that are not planned. 
then you bring that home and it either didn't fit, it doesn't go well with what you have, doesn't go well with what you thought because it looked really good in the store right. or in the Instagram post, but it doesn't look good at your home. And then you or the, this person reaffirms the negative belief. See, I yes. knew I wasn't good at decorating. Right. And it's a silk a cycle that needs to be broken and it can be broken when we do what we're talking about that that self-awareness that planning that purposely or intentionally looking for things that fit in you know i'm identifying my unique design code i'm identifying what doesn't work in my home and what's going to fix that and not just oh what a beautiful area rug i'm going to bring it home right right exactly because it does need to answer all of those yeses i love that and i know because i've been looking at at your um, website and your courses that you offer and things like that. And so I know the project map you, and that's what I call it, a project map. You call it something different. What do you call the project? It's a threefold design map. Okay, threefold design map. Can you just tell my listeners what that is? For sure. Um, so I call it threefold because I'm gonna answer this question in two parts. One is the threefold and the other one is design map. The threefold because I have three design pillars which are clarity, it's a lot of what we've been talking about. Mm -hmm. Vision, if you have a vision of where you wanna go, your decisions, if you, if you have that end result before you start buying anything, your purchases will align with that vision. Yeah. But sometimes we start buying and start creating what we want based on that one thing we purchased. Right. So that one- We have the whole idea in our mind. Exactly, yeah, that first decision becomes a constraint instead of an add-on to your vision. Right. The last pillar is planning, because if we plan accordingly, I'm, I'm a lot about budget, Danny. I, I believe, and especially because I work a lot with first-time homeowners and their budget is limited. And, I, and I, I'm a firm believer to stay on budget, even if it's as little as 500 mm -hmm. or as big as 15,000 or more for some people. But if that's what you have, that is what you have. Right. So you just have to plan how to use that money. But a lot of people will purchase something first and then realize, oh, now I don't have enough for X, Y, and Z, which might have been more important than the yeah. first thing you bought. So, right. so it's um, clarity, vision, and planning. Those are the three pillars. Then there's another, there's two more sets of three, the three departure points, which is kind of helps you get started, what inspires you, what is your ideal budget and what mood you want to achieve when you walk into that, this room? And then your three design targets, which are, you know, you want to create rooms that are cohesive, rooms that are personal, personal to you, yeah, and rooms that are evergreen, that are not going to expire when the next trend comes <laughs> or the next color of the year, right? Right, right. So that's why it's a threefold map. And it's a map because... I, I compare it a lot to going on a trip. If, if I were to tell you, Danny, I want you to come with me on a trip. What's the first thing you're going to ask me? Where are we going? Exactly. And then yeah. I would say, well, I'm, I don't want to tell you yet. It's a surprise. And then you would ask something like, how much does uh, it cost? <laughs> yes. Yeah, no, don't worry. I'm paying for it. And you okay, I need to pack. And then what you probably, going? yes. What am I going to pack? And based on what I, what activities, you're going to know what to pack. But what if I say, uh, no, I, I, we don't know what we're doing yet. Just pack something. It's completely <laughs> unrealistic. You don't know where you're going for how long or what you're going to do. Or even if you have right. to. I can some... pack snow gear and we're headed to Hawaii. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So let's transfer that. We've all been there. We've all planned vacations. I, I want to say most of us. <laughs> We've all planned vacations. So we know the process. Let's right. transfer that process and create that that map in our homes. Let's not go purchasing things if we don't know how we want this home to look like, if we don't right. know how much money we have to spend, if we don't even know if that's what's going to solve my frustrations. So once we create that map, then then we can start shopping. We just want to do it backwards. But yeah. I, I am firm believer that if we have a map before we start shopping, 
we're going to save, like you said, money, time, and frustrations. Right, right. I think um, one of the buzzwords that's been on the scene for the last couple of years that people can relate to is this idea of reverse engineering, which is exactly yes. what you just described. You know Absolutely. where it is you're going, and so how do we get there? Yeah. One thing that that I do something very similar, I call it a project map, but we combine the biggest impact. What is the biggest impact change Beautiful. that can be made to get you to that end goal? Mm -hmm. And oftentimes it's not a whole lot. Yeah. It, oftentimes it really isn't. But if you go and buy that rug first, like you just mentioned, or if you go and buy that one thing that actually it can become a hiccup and a stumbling block and a roadblock to getting to the end goal. Absolutely. And before you start buying for your clients, you know, you want to know you as, you as a designer will never buy the first thing you see, right? You know, you, you probably, you will have that complete vision. Okay. This, this is what I want for them. You get approvals, then you go shopping, right. but you have a complete vision. So again, it's, it's the fact that if this is how we, you know, professional designers, decorators do it, this is what homeowners should be doing with themselves and for themselves. Right. So I, I really want to focus and drive that point across because not everybody will hire a professional. Right. And so do that for yourself. Yeah. Go go to that place where you, you have clarity, you have the end result in mind, and you're planning accordingly before you even hit purchase. <laughs> even if you have to leave everything in your cart, you know, that's okay. Right, right. But just, just get to that first and then pay. Exactly, exactly. And let's just talk about one more thing. You don't know this question is coming, but, you know, designers don't have to cost a lot. They just don't. And I looked at your price point, your packages, and they're very much in alignment with what I have. And, you know, to know that like, oh my gosh, these answers are they're really very affordable. And this help is really very affordable. What would you say to, to the person who's saying, oh, maybe I can hire someone. What would you say to them to find the right designer for them? Because I know that I'm not going to be for everyone. I know that you're probably not going to be for everyone. And we probably had our doozies of clients <laughs> that we could have a whole other show to talk about. But what would you say to encourage them to find the program or the, the designer that might fit them? I would say ask a lot of questions. Mm -hmm. That conversation first. Um, I think sometimes when we have a service provider that doesn't quite meet our expectations is because the expectations were not set right from the beginning. Right. And as clients, we need to know how much we're willing to do. And the, the provider needs to also lay it out clearly what they're going to do. But when that communication doesn't happen, when that communication is not clear, problems can happen. Yeah. I would say, um, and in this, I'm going to speak from my own experience. I had a client who had a very, um, had a very low budget. I stick to my client's budget. And if they tell me, you know, I have a very small amount, I work with that amount. So I would say, number one, be honest with yourself and with the prospective designer. And do tell them, this is how much I want to spend. This is my ideal budget. Sometimes clients are afraid that the provider, the designer, the contractor will just go to town with that money. Right. And they're afraid to disclose the full amount. That's very valid. They, you know, we're all afraid. And sometimes we're also afraid to disclose a very small amount and, and think, oh, they're going to laugh at me. Right. <laughs> right? But we got to be very honest. That's the first thing. Be honest with whoever you're interviewing and tell them, this is how much I have. The designer will have to say, you know, that you won't be able to do much or this is awesome or whatever. But that honesty, it has to be there first. Don't tell your designer, just surprise me. Yeah. <laughs> this, is, this is from experience. I did have a client that said, oh, just surprise me. And I, I didn't like, you know, the, the surprise, but I, at least I kept all my notes. I would send her photos. And at the end, she said, just surprise me. She wasn't surprised. She wasn't pleasantly surprised. She actually asked to, to change things and I had to return others. Yeah. We, desi we designers, we're not mind readers. Right. 
we can't really read what you're in your mind, what you have in your mind. I actually tell them, you know, create a Pinterest board, share mm -hmm. that with your prospective designer. And, right. and, and that designer can tell you, you know, I don't think I can do what you have in mind. Or maybe, maybe they can, and it's completely aligned. But right. it starts with communication. So disclose your, your ideal amount. You may want to spend less or more, but everybody has an ideal amount in mind. Yeah. Create Pinterest board or show them, this is what I have in, this is what I like. Right. And then don't tell them, surprise me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Keep that communication uh, channel open because uh, I think it is it is very much um, about communication. We, we become part of your home life. Yes for some time and we're going to ask you questions that some may be very you know uh deep like do you like spending time with your kids here or do you how do you watch tv how do you get dressed you know right, things right. like that it might be maybe some people will feel uncomfortable what do you mean how i got dressed yeah. <laughs> you know we're gonna be in your life for right. a period of time so you have to have a good relationship so definitely First of all, get rid of the belief that I can't afford it. Right. And second, be intentional and yeah. do those things. Yeah. Do you have any, any other ones that you would oh, recommend? Oh, I'm glad you asked. One thing I would add to that is um, make sure that you are in understanding that the, the designer you're hiring doesn't live there. <laughs> and what I mean by that is, you know, there are times when I've had a client who might say, oh, I like this, but I see that this is what your home looks like. Well, that's great. If I'm doing my job, I am actually working for you. And I will tell you if I can't marry whatever style you're going for. But having that visual um, idea first, whether it's a magazine or Pinterest board, which is, I use that too, that is helpful, but I'm not designing for me. So that's why we ask you questions like, where do you get dressed? <laughs> you know, what yeah. do you use the space for and what do you want? to use a space for so making sure exactly. they so, i'm not living there and some questions and some questions are not easy to answer because sometimes we don't even think about that right yeah. we just take it for granted what do you mean like i get dressed how everybody else gets dressed yeah uh no no i know some people like getting dressed in the bathroom and right. some people like getting dressed in you know in the bedroom or if you have a larger closet i mean we can go on and on by talking about the difference the different ways we use our spaces right. from people who love cooking by themselves people who like kids who have kids that want to be involved people who love looking at recipes and experimenting or hosting i mean we could go on and on but yes we don't live in our client spaces and, and th that communication is key. Absolutely. Absolutely. Oh, wonderful. Well, Jessica, tell, um, tell the listeners how they might be able to connect with you, how, if they wanted to work with you and they felt that vibe, how, how would they do that? Very good. Uh, thanks for asking that. I'm very active on Instagram. I, I, I like having fun on Instagram. <laughs> I'm all about the reels. And so you can find me on Inst sorry, interiors underscore by underscore Jessica, interiors by Jessica. And I'm very active there. Not as much on Facebook, but you can also find me there um, if you look for designer Jessica Velasquez. I would encourage everyone to download a guide that I have that it's called Your Home, Your Sanctuary. And in it, I guide everyone through the process of self-awareness that I just mentioned. There are some worksheets. I think it's really good if you want to have that clarity before you actually start buying or making decisions. And if you go to my Instagram, you go to my bio, you're gonna find the link there to download it and I'll send it to you so you can invite everyone there. And maybe last but not least, I my course Pins to Reality, where I teach the threefold design map. It's going to start in June, and the announcement will be made pretty soon on on my account. But I, that's one of my favorite things to do, which is teaching and and just empowering people on how to do these things on their own. Fantastic, and that's why I think we are cut from the same cloth because empowering these women's is so important and yeah. not frivolous when you come to think about it, like you are doing such an amazing work when you are raising a family or just going out into the world, but having a home that sustains you and 
lights you up and refreshes you for when you do go out into the world. And yeah. amen to be, that. Yeah. We may not be saving lives, but we are enriching them. And so that is wonderful. Thank well, you. thank you so much, Jessica, for joining me today in this conversation. Thank you. It was lovely. It was lovely to, to connect in so many different aspects. Like, like I mentioned, when something is true, it's going to resonate. Absolutely. Regardless if we're in different countries or different professions, what we just talked today, it's true across the map. Absolutely. Couldn't agree more. Okay. It was lovely meeting you and I can't wait to have you on my show again. I'm going to do that. Thank you. Hey, real quick before you go, if you learned something new or found value in today's podcast, would you head over to iTunes to Fig and Farm at Home and leave a review and subscribe to the show? That would be awesome. And if you'd like to connect with my community of mamas who are learning to be intentional storytellers within their own homes, join us at bit.ly forward slash design 101 group. There's always more room at the table. See you soon.